A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby Austin far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 15-10-5 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska What's going on, everybody? Thanks for jumping. What? Did you say right meow? Yeah. Did you say right now? I said right meow. (laughs) Do I look like a cat to you, boy? (laughs) What a great movie. Fitz has a giant cat behind him right now. Leave my wife out of this. Wow. Wow. I guess what's up, boys? How you doing? (laughs) This is what happened. This is what happens with the bye week. We get a little crazy, huh? Drake seen you yesterday, Fitz. I don't know if you actually exist anymore. So, I mean, we all were just in studio recently for the, like the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's true. It was like, yeah. And then Fitz just goes fucking missing again, like normal. Yeah. So, I guess guess that's what we do on the bye week here. Oh, Fitz, how was the wedding? I literally took the bye week as we were off too. Is that not accurate? Did I misinterpret that? All right, we got to start this over. This is a terrible open. <laughs> we're, we're we're never off. That's well. Let's talk about the big news uh, that happened yesterday. Uh, Malachi Coleman committing. Big thing for the Huskers. Uh, I think the the recruiting class jumped from forty two to low thirties, thirty one maybe. So what is, what is this? What is this, Fitz? I was excited. I didn't know about it. You were jerking off ghosts. <laughs> it's a spooky season, Zach. Spooky season. <laughs> yeah. Uh no. What is a hey Zach? How, what does a ghost from Alabama say? Boo. Is that, is that what you wanted, Fitz? There it is. Thank you. There you go. Here. You're welcome. Malachi Coleman, uh, big commitment. Uh, I think a lot of us thought it was coming, but, it, you know, there was nothing really concrete. He had some uh, visitation issues with, I think, Ole Miss and Miami. And uh, Visitation yeah. like a funeral? Well, I don't know. It was well, uh, something with the visits getting canceled. That's That's what I know. Well, that's the... I've always kind of wondered that too. Like, how did that, because he really, he technically only took an official to Nebraska. Yeah. And, then, and I think he was on, I think he was 
at the three, three games this fall alone. I think. Yeah, I think he four. took like nine visits altogether or something like that between official or unofficials and everything. Okay. So I mean, heavy lean to Nebraska, and the um, interesting thing was he, he flat ass said that you know six seven months ago he wasn't even looking at Nebraska, wasn't even in the cards. Mickey Joseph yeah. was the one that changed all of that. At least he's honest. So let me let me ask the question then. Malachi Coleman obviously connected to Mickey Joseph. If Mickey's not the head coach, but Mickey stays on as wide receivers coach, does that mean that Malachi Coleman stays? Is it a done deal? Oh yeah, I, I think as long as as Mickey's on staff, Malachi's going to come here. I don't think it's necessarily got to be the head guy. I, I feel like Mickey's in a better spot, honestly, as the wide receiver coach, as the assist associate head coach, and as whatever the fuck else he wants to have that title as. As, as Munson said, Mickey Joseph's name tag, title, whatever, should be as big as his front door is. Whatever titles he wants, you give it to him. Yeah, I totally agree. Um with the caveat, unless it is sole head coach. Um, yeah, I think that's the the thing that won't be coming. Yeah. And, and I don't know if he wants it, honestly. I've said that the whole time. Yeah, yeah, we, we all have. Um, and I think, I think now, at, at this point, you know, is where we, we need to start being honest with ourselves as a fan base in regards to that. And the whole process in general, like, did did anybody, any of either of you two, ever feel like Mickey? And I know this isn't done, but did either of you ever feel like Mickey was a legitimate candidate for the job? Okay, so at at any point, have you felt like he was a legitimate candidate? Because I, it, it's I it's, haven't. Yeah, for me, it's weird because so. He was the he was named the associate head coach, right? He was that was his title. As soon as he got hired, that was that was part of it. Um, you know, Which was it, a shock because we all expected recruiting coordinator. Yes, but it it starts to, and I know that I'm kind of dancing around the answer here, but he wasn't passing game coordinator too. What that was Whipple, right? Whipple was the uh, well, we didn't. I, we know, didn't, I'm, I'm we thinking didn't, previous. I was yeah, thinking we did. We. We didn't have run game pass game coordinator. Yeah, I was thinking Austin and uh, Lubin. We didn't for four years. Yeah. Yep, that um, was what I was thinking. My bad. But where I guess where I read into things in a way is just surprising that you can read. He is a retired educator. As I look, as I, I look I at the, still. as I look at the pictures that pop up on my internet screen about. Husker football with no words at all. So I can try to understand it. Thank you. Is the conversation. There was probably a group of people that maybe, maybe this is a smaller group thought that maybe Chinander just because he'd been on the staff longer, maybe he gets the interim that that doesn't happen. Then you have Whipple. I think the only, there was three choices that would have gotten it. And we know, we know who did. And at that moment, that's, you know, A, he gets it. He's the interim coach. I get it. At that moment, truth be told, I don't know if I thought about, which goes back to your question, I don't know if I thought about him as the head coach at that moment. Because, but then you, my mind starts to go, he didn't have, he doesn't have that experience, um, which is kind of what we've looked at. Everything that we've talked about with, with Frost, when he got the job, and who knows exactly why things turned out the way that they did, but are we in that same boat if Mickey gets the job? Again, don't don't get mad at us, audience. These are just the questions that we're thinking. And to be on in to build off of what you're saying, Fitz, like everything that we now in retrospect look at as what should have been a red flag to us with Scott Frost uh, at the time of the hire, not not everything that's come out since, but at the time of the hire, there's even less of that for Mickey, right? Like he doesn't have the track record of being a successful coordinator of a high powered offense. He doesn't have 
even two years of head coaching history at a division one school. I mean, now that's not all to say that it can't work out because you know who it did work out for Debo Sweeney. It did work out there. So I just, I've never, I've never truly felt like Mickey was in the conversation. That being said, I've also always hoped that he would turn things around so well that there wasn't another choice. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I I guess I really didn't think Mickey would have a true shot at it. I think he's going. To, I think he's going to be looked at, and I think he'll be given a shot this season. You know how the season goes. Uh, win, loss, and different. Um, it's not going to really affect where he's at. Uh, you can't put a number of wins on this season that would affect whether he gets a job or doesn't, honestly. Yeah, well, and if, sure. there, if there was, the USA Today would tell us. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's and, I mean, uh, I think that's why we and so many people in the media, too, have always dodged the question of how many wins does Mickey have to get to be the head coach? Because I don't – I think that's totally irrelevant. He he could win – he could have won every game. Yeah, short and, of be, winning out – I don't think there is a, a number that wins him that job. But even if he wins every single game, you got to, I mean, is it fool's gold or do you go with someone that's, you know, at that point you had that conversation and it's not possible, but um, even if he goes to a bowl, that was the Scott Frost stipulation, go to a bowl mm-hmm. game, you essentially save your job. They get to six. What's the conversation like? Well, yeah. it's interesting, though, that we find out – we all kind of had an idea that a bowl game was was in the cards for the metrics as far as Scott Frost was concerned. What what I find interesting, though, and this really pertains to what's going to happen with Joseph as well, and, and Drake, you talked about it. There's not a magic number. I think it's more of the how they get those wins and how they get those losses because – I mean, Frost was fired three games into the season, right? He could have turned the ship around and gotten to a bowl game. We don't know that. We can't say they wouldn't. Does that mean that he was right? So it, it comes back to, for me, uh, Alberts knew there needed to be a change. I think in hindsight, we've said this before, I've said it before, I, I think he probably could have been better off, you know, making the change last year. Um but you just don't know. It's 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 easy to go back and, and look at that. So I just think if I think it's going to come down to Trev Alberts and with whom he's talking to. And I I would like to think he's not I don't think he's getting. Asking former players and other coaches who he's talked to and stuff like that, like we know the conversation with Urban Meyer, right? We all want to presume that that conversation was, hey, would you be interested in this job? Maybe it was. But I think there's also part of that conversation of. What should this hire look like? What are we looking for? What do we need to do to kind of to get this back on the straight and narrow? And if he's asking those players, that's where it comes down to me. It's the it's the how those wins look. How does the team look? If Mickey Joseph retains, if not a lot of players leave, maybe that's a sign. Maybe if we're not seeing a bunch of transfers over the next few weeks, you know, or people jumping into the portal and stuff like that. Is that a sign that, that tells us where this is going? I don't know. Those are the, you know, those are the questions that I would love to, you know, to kind of find I can out. tell you what's, what the next head coach looks like. He looks like the guy down at Ole Miss. Mm, that's that's I'm, the next head coach. I you mean the guy that loved the uh, midnight release from Taylor Swift. Yeah. Who didn't? I'm not making no. judgments. Don't okay. talk about my head coach that way. Uh, Zach. Okay. Oh, sorry. Zach. Or when, my when we're coach. done. Zach, when we're done, are we still going to do the midnight breakdown podcast after this? Uh, yeah, we are. Okay, perfect. Song Zach, Drake, are you joining us? Yeah, I'll join. There okay. are fucking lyrics. All right, Zach, I I gotta ask because we talked about. Can this I tell you? Can I interrupt you though? How amazing yeah. would that be? That that would be the podcast that follows this on on our on our list on Spotify and Apple and stuff like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> it would be um, it would be something. Something. Yep, there it is. That's something. All right. So it's it's no shock to anybody that Zach's number one guy for the head coaching job is Lane Kiffin. 
You got to beef that up. You got to beef that up. That No, no, it's just got to die. That's got to die. I, I will not. I'm going to go. So whistle. How about that? So I, I put it in the group chat today as a joke that Lane Kiffin is immediately eliminated from the coaching tournament for Nebraska because he lost to Brian Kelly. And the his guy, family. Yeah. Um, and Zach pushed back. Zach, you pushed back. You are very dead set that he is going to be the head coach. Like, you made it sound like it's a done deal. So my question to you to put out to our three fans – separate from our significant others. Uh, and I'm not even sure they listen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a once. Uh, that's a good point. Um, what makes you so confident that it is lame? I just feel like, and I've been. Keep, it, keep in mind, he did say earlier this season that he, that job and a couple other jobs should totally be avoided. I don't remember the exact word he used, but it was not a, a very good word. Yeah, I so I feel like how do I want to put this? Hold on. And, and fans, just so you know, when Zach and I were talking about this, I immediately text back into the group. It is amazing what you can talk yourself into if you are hopeful. But go on. So here here's my logic. Elaine Kiffin's stock right now, probably, it, it was really high last year. So I was shocked he didn't go anywhere last year. I was also shocked that Scott Frost didn't get let go last year. I think I was pretty vocal about that. And then Frost brought back, so I bought back in. I feel like his stock, it hasn't taken a hit. He's still got a top 20 team. I, I believe they were number seven in the country when they took that loss this weekend to LSU. They got trounced in in the fourth quarter, I think. So I feel like his stock is is, is relatively similar to what it was last year. Um, I but he feel did like just sign a nice extension. He did, of course. Um, the only other jobs that a guy in the SEC I could see jumping to would be a Big Ten job. Because if you think about it money-wise and facilities-wise, those two are on par with each other. I mean, those are the two conferences. Okay. I feel like the road to the Big Ten West Conference title, or the Big West Conference, the Big West title, there we go. Fuck, whatever. Our side of the division. Big Ten Conference Championship. There you go. It's more feasible to get there in the Big Ten than it is in the SEC, especially with the teams that he's got to go through. I feel like the rebuild at Nebraska is shorter than if he were to go anywhere else and take any other job. Remember, he's coached in the SEC previously at Tennessee. He's coached in the Pac-12 at um, USC USC. for quite some time. Um, I think he was there for three years, and then, you know, back to Alabama. So he's been all over the place as far as, like, the south part of of the country. He does have... And he, when I say he has a tie, he has a very loose tie to Lincoln. Obviously, dad coached here. He was born here. Does his that brother? His brother was an assistant under Bo. Okay, so I don't think that those ties necessarily say, "Hey, he's he's got a strong ties here." But there's something there. He's not ever going to get the attention that he wants at Ole Miss, regardless of how much he builds that team up. His stock is what Hugh Freeze's was before the scandal at Ole Miss. It, I mean, it's at its peak, essentially. Why not make the step from peaking out at Ole Miss to resurrecting Lincoln? Why is he, in your opinion, why is he a good coach? Why is, would he be a good coach at Nebraska? So that's a, that's a great question because I Thank feel you, like. Thank you, asked it. Yeah, fuck off. Um, uh, you know, when he was coaching at Tennessee, um, and the Raiders and USC early in his career, I don't feel like he knew how to actually run a program. It was similar to kind of what Scott Frost was doing, which terrible endorsement right now. But, um, when he went to the Nick Saban school for coaches who can't coach good 
and he was with him for four years and I think won two national titles. I have to check that one. Excuse me if I'm wrong. I know he won at least one and completely revolutionized that Alabama offense to essentially what they're running right now, which it's a spread offense. It's nothing special, but with the athletes and the scheme that they ran, absolutely incredible, especially with the offensive mindset that Lane had. And it is a, it is, I like to add in there though, that it is based on power, a power like run game. That's yep, exactly. the thing that, that I think we, a lot of us lose sight of. Scott talked about that early on that it's yes. based on, but we just don't, we just didn't you see it. You get the it. Oregon speed with the mm-hmm. Nebraska power. That that's great. But what do you mean? There was, there was never any follow-up with that. Yeah. I think that could be though. I'm not even going to bring that into it, that that could be the count, the mindset that he's got, but what's always attracted me to his scheme is it's a power run game, but what gets the numbers is the flashy over the top because you're sucking those linebackers up and safeties up going right over top. That's what really gets me about Kiffin's scheme. And that's why I like what he's done. Plus look at his offensive line. I mean, you don't get to number seven in the country with a bad offensive line. You can't smoke and mirrors at that. Well, well, I'm I'm just gonna say that was a very well thought out answer, but uh, Mike Gundy's still the better choice. I love Gundy, so if 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 it was uh, if you give me okay, between, let me let me put you uh, let me give it to you. If it was between Aranda, Aranda and Gundy, Kiffin go Gundy. and Gundy, Aranda nope. Kiffin Gundy, you gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. That's that's your choice, but okay. I mean, I'm not in middle school, but go ahead. Nope. You want to you want to make one of those paper folding things and you pick. It's and you... origami fits. No, that's not what origami is. No, it's it's folding paper and stuff. <laughs> and podcast idea number four: What is origami? I know, um, I know what origami is. I watched okay fold paper once. So here's here's kind of what it comes down to. We've got, and this has for me been just interesting because it's on our radar. Is all these coaches up Gundy yesterday when he won again. No, no, it's the, the idea that we've had all we have all these coaches on our radar because somebody throws a name out. So you're you're and then we've started, you know, the the future Nebraska head coach bowl three. Bowl Do you guys four, think Stoops five. is out? That's Mark or yeah, Bob. Mark or Mike, even there's three of them. That um, is true. I don't know that he's out. I think his name has just gone quietly into the wind. And if I'm being honest, he's probably the most gettable out of all out of all four that we've brought up tonight. Do you think the pissing match that him and Cal Party him and Cal Party got into in the offseason um is scaring the shit out of that AD right now, knowing the fact that there's yes. been some high profile jobs and Calipari pretty much told him you're second fiddle. Yeah, absolutely. Now here's here's the pushback that I give on that. Does Mark Stoops actually care about being second fiddle? Lane exactly. Kiffin would. Lane Kiffin would, but does Mark? I don't know. I, it, I mean, it seems like it. It seems like there's some hurt feelings there, which, like I said, if I'm the AD, I'm terrified about. Just because, I mean, you got to imagine those guys have quite a bit of pride outside of Nebraska. I don't know where he would go to. I don't see. I, I wouldn't see him ever going to a Wisconsin. Auburn's a step down, in my opinion. I mean, I think Wisconsin's. Really... I think Wisconsin said. I think Leonard. That's it's his job if he wants it. Um, I, it's kind of what it seems like. They're they're going to go with the unproven approach. Yeah, they're the firing, and I'm not. This isn't breaking news. The panic fire. firing. Christ, Paul Christ was to make sure that Leonard did not go anywhere. I yeah, can't give him the tryout period. It's not you keep the, calling it's it not, a panic fire, but it wasn't. It was the right no, one. and it wasn't. But I don't see that. If you were to that for me, I guess where I was going with this that it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same to Frost, right? Um, because Paul Christ has been successful. Paul Christ is, but I just think there was, I think, and it's happened before with Wisconsin coaches. There's a bar in that ceiling, right? There just wasn't based on 
predetermining factors, AKA the former AD and stuff like that. I just think Jim Leonard, you're now ushering in a new era, so to speak, and those sorts of things. So I just don't, my point, I just don't think it's the same as, as Nebraska. Here's kind of where I was going when we talked about the, the coaching bowls and watching all these games and things, watching these coaches. We are all stupid. If we legitimately believe that Travis looking at those coaches records this year, right? So a lot of people are like, well, Matt Campbell's five and, and eight in his last 13 and he hasn't beaten blah, blah, blah. He can drop an F bomb like a Polini. I'm just, it's, there's, there's this bigger picture and that's where I'm trying to come back from. And I think Lane Kiffin fits into the big picture in terms of experience, longevity, um, understanding. But it's easy to talk yourself out of it, too. Well, it is. Is then, he a man of character, though? That's what I'm saying. That's It's easy to talk yourself they into it. They started selling beer at a Husker sporting event today. Character is out the window, Drake. It does not matter. <laughs> the blue hairs are Lane pissed. Kiffin, head coach, Urban Meyer. Offensive coordinator, Hugh Freeze, defensive coordinator. Wait, no, 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 no. You got that backwards. Yeah, you got that really badly backwards, Fitz. Why would Hugh Freeze be a defensive coordinator? He doesn't it's know anything offensive. about defense. I'm sorry, I cut out. What were you guys talking about? I said, <laughs> so you have Lane Kiffin as head coach. You have Urban Meyer as defensive coordinator and Hugh Freeze as offensive coordinator. There you go. That, I don't know if right. Urban knows anything about defense either, if I'm being honest. Oh my God! <laughs> Do your research, Fitz. Jesus Christ! You know, I I've been really I've been on the Gundy train. Lane Kiffin's probably in my top five, like legitimately. But Fitz just brought up another guy that I don't think we've talked about enough, and that is Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I down think, at Liberty. I think Hugh Freeze has a legitimate shot at this job if he wants it he is a he's a wild card um well now that there's really no rules on recruiting and there's nil and stuff like that maybe maybe he's ready to go well i mean his real problem was more so calling prostitutes on a uh burner phone not not a burner phone, actually on, on his company phone, phone yeah um also gotta use a, uh, a payphone for that just, just saying, you would uh, know. We got to switch to Nike. Fuck it, yes. Adidas. Dude, go I've, been, Nike. I've been running the Nike campaign trying to get Nebraska to switch to them for like 10 years. I mean, if they get, I would throw everything Adidas away in a fucking heartbeat if they came out with Nike shit and just rebuy everything. And you know what? I'd be fine doing that. If, and we're not ever going to switch, right? Because we just signed that mega deal that nobody's going to give us. But why doesn't Adidas just roll out like a special Adidas logo that's only good for Nebraska? And like turn... corn stock, corn stocks on the tree, the trifold. Yeah. I mean, the the old like leafed Adidas logo. Yeah. The trifoil and it's pot, like the pot leaf. Yeah. And Adidas, well, Adidas should make Nebraska their version of Oregon to Nike. If you go to, uh, there's a, Adidas has a, a custom uh, uniform creator that you can go to for college, whatever. And when you go to, when you go to football, it's Nebraska. So it's, I mean, they're, they're in on it and it's recognizable. Maybe it's recognizable at the point that Nebraska is still one of the few, Um you know, maybe they just maybe they throw a curve, and when they hire Hugh Freeze, they just go back and all the uniforms are and the shoes and the apparel, everything's from Rawlings, and then you go back to the ape, you go back to Apex with the with the jackets, and then you you know starter with coats. I mean, there's I think this is something we need to really look into. Did you just bring up starter jackets? Oh yeah, yeah you, those were you the had greatest. A, you got a problem with that? You probably didn't even have one, Fitz. You weren't cool enough. Oh, so now we're just going to talk about my parents' lack of financial yeah. stability and yep, couldn't. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now we talk about getting out of the nineties. I'm forgetting about the nineties. Wait, this are we going to do one time that, for Trev? The, this is the one time where I think Nebraska should really embrace the nineties and go totally retro with all of our gear. Thank you. 
midriff for Mickey. Old tearaway jerseys. Absolutely. I, I'm talking about the fans, by the way. Tummies okay. out, boys. Tummies for Trev. Dicks out for Harambe. Dicks up for Harambe. What? Dicks up. So we are playing Illinois next week. Where's yeah. your confidence level? Before we jump in, where's your confidence level? And then we'll get we'll get some scores at the uh at the end here or tease our tease the Saturday show. Well, I want to rock a midriff, so I'm feeling pretty confident. Oof. Um it's a good question. Again, I'm two for two. Go ahead. I I I look at this game a lot like I looked at Purdue last week. I'm sitting it, it can go either way. Um do you think they can slow down the run game? I'm not going to say stop because, no, slow down. Well, I, I think in this game you have the ability to slow it down just because Illinois is really a one-trick pony. Like, yeah, but Purdue, everyone's known that. But Purdue, it, they have struggled to run the ball against good teams. They just have a very good run defense against those same teams who also can only run. So what you're saying is... Like, I think Purdue's running game and Georgia Southern's running game was so good against us because we were so focused on the passing attack. Which is good coaching. Right. I mean, for Purdue. It's good coaching for Purdue. We we missed that sorely over the last eight years. 100%. What's good coaching? But here's, here's where I think the advantage goes to our defense in this game. So if we can take, if we can, let's say we can limit the ground game to 70% of its normal production, right? Right. And we, and so we, we're, They're we're going to put a lot more resources. Yes. We're going to put a lot more resources into stopping the, the stopping the run. Now it, it's funny and it wasn't just the uniforms, but I watched a lot of the Illinois, or I'm sorry, this is where I was going. I watched a lot of the Syracuse-Clemson game on Saturday and was really hoping Clemson was going to. And and by the way, can I just digress for a second? Why in the hell? You're going to do it anyway. I am. But why in the hell did, and I'd say, can I stand on my soapbox? But then there was going to be a short joke. So screw both of you ahead of time. Why would out, the midget. number why would the number fifth ranked team storm the field after being beating the 14th ranked team? Explain this to me. The thirst is real. I mean, it's just so anyway, okay. Going into I thought Syracuse and Illinois, sorry, Drake, but I thought Syracuse and Illinois very comparable in terms of they focus on the and and they kept talking about it. It's it was gonna be a struggle. Syracuse, whatever they were doing was getting shut down and they didn't have a plan B, a plan C. Should Nebraska storm the field Saturday? If we win, I yeah. would. Okay. Would or I wouldn't? I would. <laughs> yeah, okay. Does it say yeah? Ill- Illinois is ranked. We're not ranked. Yeah, they're 17. We haven't been ranked for like eight years. Yeah, I guess we should storm the field at this point. Okay. I just want um, to clarify that. Sorry. There was a lot of orange on orange crime this weekend. Syracuse, Clemson, my boy Gundy taking out Texas. Um, but fits to, to your point on that game Syracuse is not very explosive in the passing game so if you can slow down the run against these teams that don't throw the ball well you have a shot right you're selling out to stop the run on Saturday aren't you I I, I would I how could you not are you gonna see okay so then let's take this a step further I'm do saying put see, seven guys in the box do we see a different look do we see a different front and I'm not talking personnel, but I'm talking, are we all of a sudden going to see what, if you wanted to just break it down, all of a sudden it looks like a 5-2, right? Or um, are we, I don't, I don't know? know if it's that. I, so what I think happens this week is if, if either Reimers or Heinrich aren't good to go, Henrich, um, I think you see Kalarvik moving back into the linebacker role instead of the nickel. Which I think they bumped him back to middle anyway. Uh, he played a lot of nickel against Purdue. Okay, he's been flexing between the two spots, yeah. I think. 
Yeah, no, he definitely has. But I see. I think you see him exclusively in the linebacker role. And I, I think we actually go with a full 4-3 instead of a nickel. Um, With him, Maga Clements, Reimer, who, whoever's healthy, really. Um, you're going to see some Ernest Tausman. And I think Bill Bush is going to – I think he's going to – because they're not explosive in the passing game, I think you're going to see a ton – more blitzing but it's going to be run blitzes so what's not going to be to create the pass rush so what happens i know we've talked a lot about mickey and i know this is taking a little bit away from talking about the game itself but let's say nebraska comes out and their defense performance is dare i say black shirt worthy right what does that do for bill bush going forward is he does that improve his stock of being retained do you think if mickey's the head coach is he retained anyway you know, these are it, this is what's fun about this. And I say fun almost in a in a masochistic kind of way, you know, but it's like. You look at these things and scenarios are created. We talked about the wins and the losses. and It's more of the how, you know, Bill Bush, whether it's for here or not, he's putting a resume together that, because if he's not here, there's a legitimate chance that he's going to a bigger school not bigger than Nebraska, right? Type of thing, but like he's going to get a shot somewhere as a defensive yeah, he's coordinator, not going, he's not a legitimate G five. Yeah, and he's not going back to being a special teams coordinator at Kansas State, something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think depending on what the defense does the last few weeks, it it helps Bill Bush for next season. I'll, I'll be honest; as much as I want him to be, I don't know that Bill Bush is retained. Um. Because I think you, I think you can really only afford to hold, hold over two of those guys, and it's either got to be Mickey's one of them, right? So now you have what seven guys fighting for one spot to be retained, and I'd be surprised. I'll I'll be honest, I it it'll surprise me if we retain more than one guy. Um, the hard part about that is so many of these guys fighting for that that last potential holdover spot have only been here for one year so they don't have a lot of track record of success here at nebraska now apple white's recruiting prowess to get guys to lincoln and the way he flipped that room that gives him a leg up even no matter what bill bush does well and they all took they all took a risk on themselves in a way and they knew what the risks were because they if they there was a better than good chance that we were going to be in the situation we're in, whether it was three games in or 12 games in probably moving, moving on from yeah. frost after this season. But no, I, I, Zach, I'll, I'll ask you then Drake talked about defensively. What does Nebraska have to do to beat Illinois on the offensive side of the ball? Um, You know, it's a game where the big guys are going to be really important, especially for Nebraska up front. I'd like to see what they can do with Ty Robinson, make him some plays behind the line. Um, I don't know if they're going to be he, – he's a gigantic human being. Him and Huttmacher are so big that you can't really stunt with them. They're just – Huttmacher especially. That's more of a just straightforward guy. Really just got to see those guys play their gaps. You play your gaps um, – and keep those linebackers free. The linebackers are what scares me, honestly. Just See ball, tackle injuries. ball. Yeah. yeah, it's just the the amount of injuries there um, and, and the youth there and inexperience against a, a very good running team always concerns me. What do we get? What do we get from Whipple? Is it is it Trey Palmer, 297 yards again on eight catches or – I think you're going to have to see something. Um, I think it has to be something different. I don't. I don't think we're going to get away with that again. That's kind of where I'm at. I got to see who's going to step up outside of that. Is this a Marcus Washington game where they can get him free? Because you know what Trey Palmer's going to do. The best thing that could happen would be Trey Palmer gets double coverage. Mm-hmm. That could be the. That would be the best thing to happen right now. I think then at that point. Well, I mean, I think the best thing is he gets single covered and just goes off again. That's the best thing. What I'm saying is you get that second guy to start showing up. Yeah. I think we could see more tight end 
Vokalek and Brewington in a way, because if they are double teaming and trying to box and, you know, do the bracket on um, Palmer, a couple of those other guys obviously are going to step up. I think, and I know we'll talk about this on Saturday, but you know, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this one away for free to our, our, our three valued listeners um, and uh, tweet at us, three of you, uh, you know who you are. Um, I think we might see a lot more Ramir Johnson and where I think we're going to see him is a little bit more of the passing game um, because just giving them an, an, another look, but you know, we've got guys now that are stretching the field. It's opening up some, some crossing patterns for our tight ends. He looked really um, I could explosive also, in, the, in mm-hmm. the play he got in the, was it um, Rutgers? No, Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's almost kind of with those, with the running backs, because Grant, I could see Grant and Ramirez on the field at the same time, one popping out of the backfield, one popping back in, maybe I'm some choice routes. Seen it. Yep. Maybe some choice routes and some different things like that. I, I think it's going to be fun because as, as, as bad as we, you know, we want to be, but, you know, talk bad about him, but, you know, Bert, Bert does a good job. He's getting what he gets from his teams offensively and defensively. They're doing what they have to. He looks um, like the Syracuse mascot. <laughs> I, I, I want to see more two tight end sets with our one tight end on each side of the line. Um, you know, chipping that edge with the tackle, forcing the edge outside, never getting beat inside, forcing him outside, let him get slowed up by the tight end. And then the tight end runs around just a two second clip. And, and then you're off into a route. I think, I think that's the only way that we can buy Casey the time that we need in this game. Cause that, that defense is tough. They're very good. I, I think we're going to, that's a scary defense. I think and we're going to see good. more side to side. And I think we're going to see our line moving a little bit. I think we're going to slide the pocket a little bit. And I think we're also going to see a little bit more of some outside edge runs than we have lately as well, because with, with the formative front line that Illinois has and they rally to the ball and, and stuff like that, it's, it's almost like, can we get them to over pursue, but can we try to single out and get, you know, one-on-one as often as possible and not, and let those guys just start to move and, and maybe grade, you know, just road grade a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still thinking about the, the fans storming the field. Is it, is that worthy or do we stay in our seats and say, you know what, let's just pretend like we've done this before and just build from here. Nope. We're storming the field. I, I'll be honest. I don't think the fans storm the field, but I really think we should. They, I will. We need something to celebrate. Right. And I know like, Obviously, us storming the field. It, guys, just picture this for a second. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out the way I want to describe it. It truly shows where we are, and it it is a sign of us finally accepting where we're at in terms of where the program stands today, right? And. I don't know if we can ever get back to where we want to be until we fully acknowledge where we're at. Um, and, you know, storming this field isn't, isn't the answer to that, but it might, it well, might just the crowd won't be able to go. They're too old. It might help the healing process. Cause that's where we're at as a, as a program is we're in the middle of a healing process. Yeah. I mean, Still be a top 20 team. Why not? What the hell? Haven't won shit lately, so may as well take top solace in something. What are, what's yeah. Illinois ranked right now? I thought they were like 16th or 17th. They moved kind of. So two weeks, yeah, because two weeks ago they were 24. Yeah, they're they're mid mid teens, I believe. So I don't know. Have they played have they played anyone that has Illinois these... is 17 right now? Okay. Have they played anyone that has the explosiveness that Nebraska can on a given play? I mean, they did lose to Indiana. It's a juggernaut, though. Uh, they waxed the floor with Wisconsin, who, by the way, just just waxed, beat Purdue. Waxed Purdue. It's so like the Big Ten West is such a shit show. 
Um, now here's the one thing I will I will say about like I am not looking at that Wisconsin Purdue game and thinking, oh man, we need to be worried about Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, we always have to worry about Wisconsin. But if this season teaches us anything, it's comparing scores should not matter because right now you have no idea what team you're getting week to week from any team in this conference besides Michigan and Ohio State. Yep, because even with Penn State, you have no idea what you're going to get weekly. Michigan State, you have no idea what you're getting weekly. So, Well, they got fool's gold with that one year with Kenneth Walker. Right, absolutely. It's just don't look at these scores as they come in week to week and having not watched the game be like, oh, shit, we need to be worried. We're not good enough to not worry about anybody, but I'm not – just because Wisconsin handled Purdue pretty well on Saturday, I'm not looking at the Wisconsin game and chalking it up to a loss already. So we've already talked about Illinois not being an offensive juggernaut by any means, but they can run the ball, right? And they can, if they're going to, if they get, they're going to find ways to score, they get inside the red zone, their running ability helps them a lot, right? Because that, that area gets smaller. We know that, but they're averaging 26 points a game. So it's like, can the defense, you know, however many drives they need to get those 26 points, they're going to slow the game down. I'm just, I'm wondering if Nebraska can move the ball. Does Nebraska go up tempo and try to, you know, put 14 points up quick or 10 or something like that? And then does that take Illinois out of their comfort zone? Um, they should know, do that. Just, and then they should keep scoring and then keep scoring. I agree, Fitz. So you're thinking if you're now, I know this going out on a limb, but if you are you confident that Nebraska scores more points in Illinois, they win on Saturday? I think that's how that works. But what's your what's your confidence level though? If Nebraska scores more points in Illinois, do they win? Four. Confidence level four out of four, four out of ten. Where are you at? Four stars. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, Fitz. Give me a fucking range here. He he did. He said four out of four, four out of ten. That doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't give me a range. He's making me guess at that point. Uh, yes, I'm making you guess that if Nebraska scores more points than Illinois, that they win the game. The Good one stuff. thing that worries me uh-huh. about us going tempo, <laughs> guys, the one thing that worries me about us going tempo is... Drake's being the adult. You have the potential to have your defense on the field for 45 minutes out of 60 like they did against Purdue because we only could move the ball on two chunk plays a drive and granted we love those points right but I think if if that time of possession is a little bit more balanced at the end of the game we get that stop on fourth down yeah Nebraska's got to muddy up the game too don't they it's just gonna get it's gonna be ugly I think that they really- have to yeah, you can't give them because if you let them just take the ball, they'll want to control the ball for fifteen play drives. That's what they want to do anyway. Can't yeah. give them that. Up. Yeah, we 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 had one drive that we scored on last Saturday of more than six plays. Every other scoring drive was like four or less flash plays. And while that's great, that shows how dangerous you can be, but that makes us a one trick pony. Because well, we couldn't you can't, do anything. If you can't stop the other team, that does not do you any favors. That's exactly right. Yeah. But and imagine, I, though, imagine you, you score you quick and then stop. Score was, quick and stop. Yeah. Our defense did get stops. That's how we got back into the game twice. Yeah. But you asked them to do it too many times after spending too much time on the field. There's just not enough depth on that defense for them to be out there for 45 minutes, no matter how fast you're scoring and how many points you're scoring. When especially at the most important spot, the defensive line, you're really fucked. Yeah, well, you're, you're on, very, on this very... defense, I would argue the linebacker is is the most important, and those we're down to like our third string linebackers right now. Yeah, injuries have killed those guys this year. So it's been shocking. Now, do we move Chance at Brewington to linebacker and let him go hit somebody like he's blocking? Killed a man. I don't hate that idea. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's going to just, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what defensively we look like in terms of not just the play. Obviously we need to tackle, we need to run to the ball, blah, blah, blah. 
but what does it look like when they come out? Who's out there when the yeah. game starts type of thing? Um, and then then offensively, I, I really think you, you can't get in a rut and so predictable that, oh, we're going to pass every first and second down. Now we're going to run or whatever it is. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see go to the wealth of knowledge that Whipple has, right. And running up and creating some routes and creating, you know, Mickey Joseph working together. I don't know. It could be, this is going to be a hell of an audition for Joseph for sure. What's he going to get out of his coaches and what's he going to get out of the team? They have to find a way to make that running game effective. And we talked about it on the show yesterday, Zach. Maybe that is a couple of Logan Smother packages where you get some option game going. Um, now, does that really do anything for Casey Thompson in terms of pass rush? No, I think Casey Thompson has to show the run game ability himself. And we've talked about it against Rutgers, against uh, Purdue. He had two scrambles where he finally tucked the ball. And I don't know if he really got hit after that because the defensive line had to honor it and stay in their lanes. Um I, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but absolutely no running game threat is is gonna be a downfall of this staff and this team. Yeah, I mean that yeah, if they can't run the ball then that that's a problem. I was just thinking of there's an offense coordinator at TCU that I'd I'd like Lane Kiffin to steal if if he could. Zach's, bu- Zach's building the coaching staff and I'm here for it. It's Lincoln Riley's brother, uh, Garrett Riley. He's the... Uh, I thought it was John C. Riley. No, that's the guy from uh, Step Brothers. I know. Sure also, also from Talladega Nights. That's correct. Those those are movies. Yeah. But Fitz doesn't know because he doesn't watch that. stuff. Fitz are, just... are, are movies different than like my programs, like Murder, She Wrote and your Matlock? Girls, yeah. Matlock. Your stories. <laughs> my story. Fitz, my picture you... stories. Fitz was more like a David Hasselhoff and Knight Rider guy, though. Yeah, I can see yeah. the chest hair from here. It's disgusting. Ugh. Okay, so go back to that. I'm, I'm intrigued now. What, so... vegan what? Fitz, Lincoln, I happen to know Lincoln. your favorite TV show growing up was Quantum Leap. How do you know my favorite TV show was Quantum Leap? Because you're a nerd. Because you told us about it. <laughs> you're so full of shit. So what? It, what's just? Wow, give me, so he's right. Okay. Give me some. <laughs> nice uh, give me some. Uh, get, talk to me a little bit more about uh, TCU's offense coordinator. He's really good. What's like, what's his style? What is he? So it's the, uh, t- it's, it's not the, it's not the air raid, um, but it's the spread offense with downfield concepts, I guess, if you will. Um, I don't know. They, they've got a number one receiver that's six foot five and runs a four three. So that has nothing to do with the offensive coordinator. No, I'm telling you what their <laughs> offense is. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I've watched, okay? They send one guy fucking deep and throw him the ball. Oh, okay. So breaking news, everybody. Good players with freak athleticism make it easier to coach football. Who would have thought? That's correct, yes. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. This just brought up a thought. What side of the ball is Malachi Coleman playing on for Nebraska? Wide receiver. Got one vote for wide receiver. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna bite my tongue. You guys don't want to know my answer. Well, then you can vote Fitz, and then we can end this bitch. I I am not sold that Malachi will ever play a down. Will he play Fitz. more than one down? Or are you? Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. Zach and I were talking about it before the podcast. He's at least a year out before really being physically ready to be on the field. I don't know if he is still here after that year. It's fair. It's fair. I have no idea. I mean, I'm intrigued as a because I think the Dan, dude, got to pick. 
Um, I can't. The recruiting fiasco just it it worries me about him. All of a sudden, he's taking a visit to Miami, who's not in his top seven, and he's not going to visit Miami anymore. He was going to go visit Ole Miss, and now he's not visiting Ole Miss. Like, didn't have to. The head coach is coming here anyway. Does make you think. Does make you think. No, it doesn't. It does not. It, It does because there's definitely a connection there. So how about that? Again, okay. Right now, it's amazing. Crystal, it's a, crystal ball it, percentage, Zach. How about Lane that? Kiffin, legitimately, how? What's it the may, percent? It's from amazing what you can talk yourself into that you think Lane Kiffin is the next Nebraska head coach. And if you say sixty-nine, we're done. Nice. <laughs> nice. Zach goes for sixty-nine point sixty-nine percent. Up high. That's. No. 100% be the next head coach. How about that? I'm Drake, ending on Drake is rubbing his temples in his eyes. He's he's over this lane train. He I don't like I don't know. From, it, uh, Men in Black, the first one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm hungover from the wedding or if Zach's blind confidence in his boy becoming the next head coach is causing my headache. Blind confidence is how I've gotten where I'm at in life, okay? That is the only reason I've gotten to where I'm at in life is blind confidence. I thought that was high confidence. Both. Plot twist. I don't know that Ray Charles is actually blind. Is it because of the Shaq story? No, I don't know that story. I'm just – I can't play the piano while seeing – you can't tell me that Ray Charles is sitting down in the exact same spot nope. on every piano. Nope. Not doing that. And never missing it. Are we really going to end on that fucking Ray <laughs> Charles isn't blind? You have the ability to edit this. Like the last. I'm not going to. I'm the 106 minutes, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm just going to end. I'm just going to end it right now because uh, apparently Ray I, Charles I, is not blind. Well, tell us the Shaq story you're talking about. I, I don't really recall it. It was uh here now I'm googling it. No, is I guess Shaq said that Ray Charles isn't blind because he got on an elevator, didn't say anything, and as Shaq was getting off, he said, "See you later, Shaq." And I think that was I'm pretty sure that was the story. I don't know. Those same those same types of stories will come out about Stevie Wonder and you know stuff like that of waving or whatever. I don't know. Not that, yeah. Now we've we've delved into another podcast topic. So, all right. Seriously, uh, though, I we just, do need to, just we do need to wrap this up though, so that we blind, can. And the first thing that comes up is something from TikTok. So you know that's that makes it true. Yeah. All right. Well, we've I got, guess we got to we got to get a we got to get a break in so we can come back for the Taylor Swift Midnight Podcast. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's true. We got to do that. I think the next head coach is Mike Gundy, and I'm eighty five percent sure on that. Well, I think it's Lane Kiffin, and I'm 100% sure on that, so suck it. Yeah, but you also thought Chubba Purdy was going to be the starting quarterback, and Spencer Petras was a top half of the conference quarterback. That's a real bitch-ass move, you know that? I also think, said I think JoJo Doman wasn't a very good linebacker. I think the next Nebraska head coach is currently coaching football this year. No, Fitch, you got to give us a name. Yeah, you can't drink this shit. All college football. No. Um, I'm going to say the field. I, I'm taking the field. I, I don't know. Against who? Uh, the field hey. against, no, you got to give us a name. Now, keep in mind, you and I did like an hour alone a couple weeks ago talking about how the new Herbie's going to be modeled name. after our boy Gundy. You can pick the same name. It's okay. Um. Gundy or Aranda? I'll continue to narrow it down as the weeks go by. That's where Perfect. I'm at. G- Gundy or Aranda? So Gundy, Gundy or Aranda, and Kiffin. Well, we got uh, we got that figured out at least. So I think Chris Kleiman is more likely than Lane Kiffin. You shut your goddamn mouth. Just shut your mouth. Did Martinez right. get hurt yesterday? Yeah, yeah like me. opening drive. Okay. Uh, and then their backup got hurt too. Uh. Score predictions for Saturday. Go. Well, uh, can we can't can we tell you on the radio? 
No, because we all know our opinion is going to change by Saturday. Oh, I'm going to go 28-24 Nebraska. Fitz? Um, 37-22 Nebraska. Yeah, I think, tell me I think, how tell me how we're getting those numbers. I have no, no idea. I I think I think it does. The only way Nebraska has a shot in this game is if it is high scoring. Uh, I'm saying 38-34. Jesus. All right. Ooh, well, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's, if Nebraska, uh, I think if Nebraska puts up over thirty, we win. Hard to lose when you're putting up over thirty, but you can't give up over thirty either. So I would say. If, uh, if uh, Trey Palmer can get 297 yards, we're going to win. Wait, it's proven it. We can't. We don't. So we'll see what happens. Good prediction. Well, mm-hmm. that's it, everybody. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, Drake. Thanks, Fitz. Have a good night, boys. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.